We know even the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, I want to say around the 27th verse, uh, uh, it says that we were created in God's image. Put that up real quick. We were created in his image and his likeness. Let's look at that real quick. Genesis uh, chapter 1, I want to say around the 27th verse. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We might have to go old school, huh? There we go. So God created man in his own image, which basically means that he created us to take on his physical image. We are his physical image because it says God created man in his own image. Anybody in here got kids? Raise your hand. Your kids resemble you, don't they? When you look at them, you can see somebody, he got somebody's eyes or she got somebody's cheeks. Come on, somebody. You know, somebody's attitude. <laughs> so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now back up to verse uh, 26, 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So not only did God create you according to his image, but even in his likeness to take on his likeness, to take on his nature. Amen. How many of you know we have to allow the God nature in us to override the, your selfish nature? Because all of us still have a selfish nature, if you will, and that's where we have to let our God nature override our selfish nature, even your evil nature. I know you're saved, sanctified, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, but some of y'all still mean as hell. Y'all know this 1130 service, so. <laughs> and that's where we have to say, Lord, less of me and more of you. Anybody ever been in a season where you was about to cuss somebody out and you had to be like, Lord, less of me? Anybody ever had to just bite their lip and be you had to do that James 1.19, slow to speak. Put it up real quick, James 1.19, slow to speak, quick to hear. So then, beloved, my beloved brother, and I love that it says my beloved brother, I'm talking to the brethren. This is the word of God is for the people of God, not for the world. He talking to the brothers and the sisters. Because he knows that even though we're created in his image and his likeness, that there's still another person in us. Come on, somebody. We're trying to kill that other individual. Can I get a witness? We're trying to minimize that person. You feeling me? I'm 44. I don't want to be 24 again. Come on, somebody. I don't even want to think about the mindset that I had at 24. You feeling me? So then, my beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. That's a word right there. Like they say, sometimes they say, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing at all. Because Proverbs 18 and, and, and 21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. Amen? So let's get into this, though. John 10, 10, the thief, Satan, he, he, he comes except to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. I, I grew up in church where they would make comments that God is going to do in you what he wants to do. No, he ain't. Not if you don't cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You can mess around and self-destruct and miss what God wants to do in you and through you 
and for you. Why? Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. I grew up with a friend of mine, and I asked him when we graduated from high school. We were all hanging out, and we said, man, for the 10-year reunion, where are you going to be, man? What do you think you're going to be doing? He said, man, I'm probably going to be in prison. He's doing 124 years right now. And then my best friend, the, 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 he was the best man in my wedding, Joe Ackie. We said, Joe, where are you going to be in 10 years? He said, man, I'm probably going to be dead. He dead. They said, Reggie, what you going to be doing 10 years from now? Man, what you think you... I said, man, I'm probably going to be a preacher. And everybody laughed, and I laughed too. And I was high. But I was calling things that be not... As though they were. That's in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. See, even when we, we got pregnant as teenagers, but we were calling things that be not, that they were not, but we were calling them as they were going to come forth. Now our son Isaiah, yes, he's not been perfect. We sent him off to college, and he called me from Illinois and said, Dad, please get me a one-way ticket back home. He said, because I'm banging everything on the campus. I said, my God in heaven, the fruit don't fall far from the tree. I said, I'm just glad you're saying this at 18 and not 28 or 38 or 48 and you got AIDS. So we're going to count this as a Romans 8:28. All things work together for the good because now you tired at 18. I didn't get tired till I was 25. You feeling me? So I'm thinking, well, each generation is getting better because I got tired at 24, start preaching the gospel at 25. He got tired at 17, 18, start preaching the gospel that year. You feeling me? So at the end of the day, I'm like, praise the Lord. Because did did y'all put that up? Romans, see, all things. We hit that last week. And we know all things, even your bad things, all things, even your setbacks. Come on, somebody. All things. Somebody scream, all things work together for the good it works together for the good sometimes God will allow you to go through some things so you can have a testimony for the next generation I, I, I would not want to be under a pastor that could not relate to me I, I wouldn't want to be under a pastor who, whose past is squeaky clean so when I have a fall you won't even be sympathetic you won't even pity me because you came out your mama wound speaking in tongues you can't relate to me, pastor. You ain't been through nothing. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so he says all things work together for the good. But let, let's get into this topic because um, last thing I want is somebody to lose their identity on my watch. You need to know that the Bible says you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. You need to know that the Bible says that me and you are God's seed. Remember, we looked at that last week in Psalm 37, verse 25. It says that David said, I've been young, he says, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I like that too. It says that, look at that, look at this. It says, I've been young and I'm old. In other words, David was saying, I've lived a little while, I've been around the block. I have a right to say this because I've lived in some different generations or different seasons, if you will. Then he says, yet I have not seen the righteous the Bible even says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that we're the righteousness of God. It says that Jesus knew not sin, but he became sin for us that we might be become the righteousness of God. We might not do everything right, 
Just because you don't do everything right doesn't mean you lose your righteousness. Because if that's the case, we all done. Council Christmas. <laughs> but we're the righteousness of God in him. Look at that. He knew not sin, but, 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 but then it says he knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But go, go, go back to that Psalm 37 and, and 25. Look at this, Psalm 37. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants. Do you realize that you and me are descendants of our heavenly father? That's why his kingdom can't be stopped because we're, we are his kingdom. Matter of fact, his kingdom is in you. Put up Luke 17, 21. I got a few looks. You know, I got a scripture for everything. The, 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 the kingdom is in you. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's in you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in you. It's in you. His what? His kingdom. His kingdom is his rule and his reign. He's called you to rule and to reign. He didn't put you in the earth so that Satan can have dominion over you. You're no longer a slave to sin, but you're a slave to righteousness. Matter of fact, we're not even slaves anymore. We're sons now. Romans 8.14 says, them that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Put, put that up real quick. Roman, there, and, and as for many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Look at your neighbor and say, what's up, son? <laughs> That's who you are. A son and a seed, and you're his righteousness in the earth. Amen? You even being here, you was led by the Spirit. Amen? Come on. You were led by the Spirit. Some of y'all woke up, some of y'all woke up disgruntled. I'm tired still. And it's the last service. <laughs> I can see my 8 o'clock people waking up, so I'm still tired. But Y'all done had all day. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you was led by his spirit, which makes you a son. Come on, somebody. Now, let, let, let's get into this. Let me give you three points. How do I avoid a identity crisis? Number one, don't be deceived. Put up Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. I've watched people get deceived. We're going to go into this. Look at this real quick. Look at Galatians 3 and 1. Look at this. It says, oh foolish. This is Paul talking to the church of Galatia. He says, oh foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Next verse. This only I want to learn from you, did, did you receive, receive the Spirit by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Now look at this, verse 3. Look at this. Are you so foolish? Question mark. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? You started in the Spirit. Why have you deviated from the Spirit? Why have you deviated from truth? Years ago, we used to have an usher that used to attend here. He was a great usher. He was faithful. But he allowed the enemy to bewitch him. 
Because he says, I don't really want to follow Jesus anymore. He says, I found another, uh, I've been talking to people in my neighborhood and we started this other thing and we're doing this now. And I'm like, I almost said his name. I don't want to put nobody on blast. But I said, man of God, you have been bewitched. You started in the spirit. Now you are deviating from the spirit. And now you teach me to tell me you're going to go do you when you know that there's only way to the father is through the son. Put up first John 2 22. This is scripture I gave him and he still didn't want to hear me. And that's when I wash my hands because the Bible says don't cast your pearls before swine. When you look up the word, when you says don't cast your pearls before swine, swine in the Greek means someone who chooses to do them. They choose to walk in your own way. That's why Jesus, when he sent the disciples out two by two, and he says, if they don't receive you, he said, take your peace and move on to the next city. In other words, he's saying, don't even let your peace rest up on there because you need that anyway for the next journey. Uh, see, y'all got to read the Bible. It's very interesting. In other words, Jesus was telling folk to diss people. They don't want to receive y'all. Right, I got to diss you then. I'm going to take this piece somewhere else, somebody that won't it. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Next verse. That's some deep stuff. It says, you're the Antichrist. Then it says, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. We can stop right there. So, Pastor, are you telling me if I deny the Son, I, I, I can't have the Father? That's exactly what the Word of God says. It says, whoever denies the son, like there are certain religions that they believe that the son, oh yeah, he was a prophet, but he's not the Messiah. There's other many paths to God. No, 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 baby, it ain't but one. And that's through Jesus Christ. And, 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 and I can take you to more scripture and show you that. But it says, whoever denies the, denies the son does not have the father either. He who acknowledges the son has the father also. Mm-hmm. Now, Go to 1 Timothy 4 and 1. 1 Timothy, look at this real quick. Look at this. 1 Timothy. Now the Spirit expressively says that in the latter times, somebody say latter times. We're living in some latter times right now. All you got to do is turn on CNN, MSN. We're living in some latter times. Amen? Then it says, some will depart from the faith. It said some. That's why I'm teaching on this is because, number one, we don't, we, how do I avoid an identity crisis? Don't be deceived. Why? Because it says some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Giving in to other doctrines. There was a well-known pastor back in the day named Bishop Carlton Pearson. This man was able to fill up arenas. The hand of God was on his life, but then he started preaching universalism and inclusion, and he would tell people that there was other paths to get to God, and then his church began to shrink. Now he has no notoriety. He's going through a divorce now, lost his house, lost his church, lost his congregation because he got bewitched. What did Paul say? You old foolish Galatian, you started in walking in, in the spirit. Now you've been hoodwinked, bamboozled. Now you've allowed the thief to shake you down. He is shaking you down to the point to where now you think there's more paths to me when it ain't but one. And it's sad because he began to preach this doctrine called inclusion. Now this is the thing. I believe that the gospel is inclusive. But not everybody is included. 
It's inclusive, but not everybody's going to be included because salvation is conditional. And I'll show you that in two different scriptures. Give me one second. It says, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Next verse. Now, this is scary. Speaking lies of hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. When your conscience has been seared as a hot iron, that means that you're no longer sensitive to truth. That means if truth hits you in the face, you couldn't even see it. Because your conscience has been seared as a hot iron. I'll never forget that same Bishop Carlton Pearson. He did my sister's marriage ceremony probably, what, about eight years ago? And I told my dad, what are you doing? This brother's teaching a whole different doctrine of demons. And you're letting him marry our, my sister, your daughter? And he's preaching at your church tomorrow? I said, the Bible says avoid anyone that teach any other doctrine. Put that up. I think if you go to Romans, I want to say 17, 16 or 16, 17. Put, put, put 17, 16 up first. Look at this real quick. 17, 16. Look at this real quick. It says, uh, 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 go, go to seven, go to, go, go uh, put, up, put up 17. Let's see here. Yeah, there it is right there. Look, it says, now I urge you, brethren, Note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrines, contrary to the doctrine which you learn. Avoid them. Avoid them. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless we agree? Now, I have an assignment to win the loss, but I've created some boundaries with you. You understand what I'm saying? Because we don't want to alienate ourselves from people. Proverbs 11.30 says, he who wins his souls is wise. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Because there's some different people that I deal with that, I'm, that God has got me on assignment to, to win them to Jesus. But I'm not letting you set the temperature in our relationship. I'll hear you out. But at the end of the day, I might have to tell you to your face, you're the Antichrist. And still love you. And then I'm going to hit you with Galatians 4.16. Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Did they put that up yet? Please, y'all, please follow me. There. Have I therefore become your enemy? Ah, I thought we was boys, though. I thought you was my partner. Now, all of a sudden, because we ain't on the same sheet of music, when we, still can, we still can be homies. But at the end of the day, I'm going to give you truth. You bring up sports, we're going to talk about sports. We can talk about politics. But when you bring up Jesus Christ and him crucifying his resurrection, you bring up anything with religion, I'm going to go there. Because at the end of the day, I might, even us as parents, sometime in order to see your kids get better, you got to tell them the truth about they self. Anybody had to just tell them, you crazy. You a trip. You're selfish. You don't like to clean up your room. Come on, some. I bought you a car. You can't keep your car clean. You ain't paid nine payment. Come on. But you still love them. After you tell them about themselves, so there are some people I've had to tell them about themselves, but I still love them. Me and Greg have been in barbershops, people being confrontational. I had to go, 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 my, go get my Bible, Greg. And the whole barbershop on lock. They didn't stop cutting hair and everything because they want to hear what the preacher got to say. Because somebody then said something off the wall and controversial. 
and I got to come in there and clean it up and cross the T and dot the I so nobody will leave confused. I love hostile environments anyway. I love that kind of stuff. Let's argue. <laughs> I got enough spiritual ammunition on me to argue with anybody and not back down. Because at the end of the day, even David looked at Goliath and said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you in the name of the Lord and some scripture. Now what? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, you got to keep it 1,000. You got to keep it. Because sometimes the truth is uncomfortable. Can I get a witness? Anybody remember when we was in church and we was living in sin and the word would come and you'd be ooh, squirming like, when church going to be over? Seemed like every time I turn around, he hitting fornication. And I'm, I'm over here, got hurt and got hurt and got hurt. And uh, some of y'all going to catch that in the car. Because <laughs> remember what I taught on last week? That when you mess with strange people, Strange things happen. That's the Bible. Put up 1 Kings 4, 11 and 1. Look at this. Let's just review just briefly Solomon's life for those of you that missed last week. Look at this. Put that up in the King James Version. 1 Kings 11 and 1. It says, King Solomon loved many. Somebody say many. See, too, too much will get you messed up. Can I get a witness up in here? Too much of anything. That's why the Bible says in the Titus, I believe 3, 2 or 2, 3, it says don't be given to much wine because much wine will have you doing strange things. Can I get a witness? That's why it says everything in moderation. But it says Solomon loved many, not just many, but it was many strange women. Oh, men just look straight. Women just look straight. Because all of us connected with strange before. Can I get a witness? Strange. You, you was like, this is getting strange. <laughs> Can I get a witness up at the 1130, sir? You like, this is strange. Be like, girl, I am so... You need to look at you. I said, girl, I'm glad I found you. Because I used to be connected to strange. Can I get a witness up in here? Strange showing up to the house at 6, 12 in the morning. Any... Oh. Why are we breaking up? I'm like, girl, we had an understanding, you know. You know you was a jump off. You know this wasn't going nowhere. What? what? I, I thought we was on the same sheet of music. This is strange. It's 612. My parents about to wake up. I'm about to go and eat some cornflakes. This is strange. You messing with my flow. <laughs> Somebody scream, strange, strange. <laughs> well, y'all weak up here. That's real talk, though. Can I get a witness? Strange, strange women. He done hooked up with all these ites. Come on, Moabites, Ammonites, Adamites, Zenonites, Hittonites. Watch out for the ites. Come on, somebody. But what's sad, they turned his heart from God. Look at the next verse. They turned his heart. And this says, in the nation of whom the Lord has said, the children of Israel shall not intermarry with them, nor, nor they with you. Surely they will turn, they will turn away your hearts after their gods. 
And then his life began to spin out of control. Why? He got deceived. He was bewitched to the point to where his conscience was seared as a hot iron. Where? Even if you keep reading, it says that God appeared to him twice. But remember what I said, truth can slap you in the face, but because your conscience has been seared, truth hits you, you don't even know it when it's there. Amen? I could, I could stay on this. Matter of fact, go one more. Go to, go to Romans 1, 24, and I'm going to move on to my second point. Look at this real quick. For, uh, Romans chapter 1, it says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies. Listen, they were dishonoring their bodies among themselves. And it says even God gave them up. to. God was basically saying, okay, you're going to go do you, go do you. Go ahead and dishonor your body. Next verse. Then it says, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They were bewitched. They started out walking in truth, but somewhere they got bamboozled. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Isn't it easier to believe a lie than believe truth? Because now that you know truth, now you're responsible. Now you got to step it up. Now you know better. Now it's time for you to do better. So they said they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Worship, and they worship, and they serve the creature. Rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Next verse. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even the women. They exchanged the natural use of what was against nature. Next verse. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of a woman. Leaving the natural use of a woman. I got any men in the house? Leaving the natural use of a woman. In other words, he's saying it's unnatural for a man to want to be with another man. Then it says, they burn in their lust one for another, men with men, men with men, committing what is shameful. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor, you didn't write the Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, he just teach it. Don't, don't leave her mad at me. Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. One thing I've been taught, I've been, my assignment is to preach green grass and go home. And whoever eats, eats, and whoever doesn't, doesn't. There's, everybody's not going to be able to stomach this word because this is for grown people that's ready to turn a corner in their life and be who God has called them to be. And I'm not here throwing nobody under the bus, but the truth is the truth. Committing what is shameful, receiving themselves the penalty of error, next verse, which was due, and then even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now, this is interesting because it says they did not like to retain God, which means they knew better, but they chose not to do better. And all of us in this room have been there. Come on, some of us learned some stuff in Sunday school, learned some stuff at other churches, but you're like, I ain't about to apply that truth right now. I'm trying to do me. That's how I was. I told my wife at 18, 19, after we had Isaiah, I said, because I heard God saying, be a preacher. I looked at her. I said, I ain't lived. I'm about to go out here and do me. And doing me almost put me in a situation. I almost, I was looking at 7 to 21 years. Then that's when they was like, we need you to sign right here if you want to get this plea. I'm like, give me a pen. Now I'm not going to sign for this plea, but I'm about to make a plea to Jesus Christ. Because he got me out of this, I ain't going back out here messing around. I'm about to get my behind back in church. 
I'm about to retain some stuff. <laughs> retain God in their life. God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting. What's not fitting? Dishonoring your body. Remember we went into that? It's, it's not fitting for you to exchange the truth of God for a lie. Now, now put this scripture up in the uh, uh, King James Version if you could. Look at this. Look, it says, now, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. It's not convenient to dishonor your body. Amen? It's, it's not convenient for a man to be with a man because they can't produce anything. He says, I made male and female. He says, now, be fruitful and multiply. Do I need to go back to Genesis? Because I will. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Now, <laughs> Go, go, back to, go back to Genesis 1 and 27. 26, 26. Look at this. But look at that. It says, then God said, let us make man according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, the air, the birds, the cattle, over the earth. Next verse. It says, creeping over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Next verse. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created Somebody say them. Now look what the next verse says. This is why he created them. He says, then God bless them. Bless them. Who is them? Male and female. And he said, be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion, which means to lord over the fish of the sea. Don't we lord over the fish? We eat them, don't we? The birds of the air. Ain't no bird coming messing with you. And over every living thing that moves on it. I got coyotes in my neighborhood. They do not mess with me. Can I get a witness? I live in deep surprise. White tank mountains. When I pull up at night, there's coyotes everywhere. I just, hey, what's up? And just keep it moving. <laughs> now, if it's a lion and a bear, it's a different story. <laughs> with all thy getting, the Bible says get understanding. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm running for my life. But look at this. I got to give you the other two things. But, but go back to Romans 128, King James Version. And I'm going to move on from this first point. Because I've kind of lingered on it a lot. Because I do not want people to be deceived under this ministry. It says, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. If you look up the word reprobate, look it up in the Greek. It means to be worthless. And when he says, it gave them over to a reprobate mind. Because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. He gave them over. We don't ever want to become a reprobate. I've known people that have become reprobates. And when you try to give them any type of sound doctrine, they turn a deaf ear. Because they've been turned over to a reprobate. They're worthless. And it's a shame when, they, when you get to that place. And that's why, again, I don't want to see anybody on my watch. Because you're like, Pastor, that's impossible. Because we're in God. We're in Christ. Not necessarily. Put up Matthew chapter 24, verse 24. And I'm really moving on to point two. I'm going to be brief with the next two. Look at this real quick. It says, for the false Christ and false prophets will rise and they will show great signs and wonders to deceive. Look at this. Somebody say, if possible. Even the elect. Me and you are God's elect. He's elected us to be in his kingdom. Remember, the kingdom of God is where? In us. Remember, we hit that earlier, Luke 17, 21. So he tells us right there, listen, it says, if possible, if possible, 
that usher, if possible, other people that I know, if possible, if possible. I know I can go on and what I can, man, there's so many people that I know personally that have left Christianity for other, they follow other false prophets. And it says, and they will show great signs because you know why? Most psychics are called to be in the kingdom. That gift that they have, a lot of them were called to be prophets and prophetess. So there's a gift that they have. Even if God himself wanted to come down from heaven and take their gift, he couldn't. Because if you read King James Version, Romans eleven twenty nine, it says gifts and callings are without repentance. Because if God was in the business of taking people's gifts, we all need to get in line. I should have got in line when I was 19. He'd have been like, give me this preaching gift, this exhorting gift. You ain't preaching nothing to no kingdom, nobody. Give me back my gift. The end of the blessing that they're without repentance, which means that he doesn't change his mind. If he gifted you to sing, he's not going to take that. Come on, if he's gifted you to be a greeter, he's not going to take that. Is he, if he's given you a gift to work with children, he's not going to take that. Why? Because he's longing for you to turn a corner. He's longing for you to be like, you know what, I'm tired of this thief taking moments from my life. I'm sick of this thief messing with my marriage. He's hoping that you get to a place to where your tolerance level is like, you know what, enough is enough. It's time for me to be the whole and complete man that God has called me to be. That's why that gift is still lingering on the inside of you. Even when I was in my mess, I knew that there was a gift in me. And I'm so glad that he didn't come and kidnap my gift and give it to somebody else. Because God knew the end from the beginning. And he knew one day, I'm going to take that boy Reggie and I'm going to take that mess and I'm going to make him a miracle. I'm going to take that mess and make him a messenger. In my kingdom, somebody need to give God a praise that he didn't abandon you, that he didn't desert you. Come on and give him a 10-second praise that his mercies are new every morning. It's the mercy of God that we're still standing. It's the mercy of God that you didn't have that nervous breakdown. It's the mercy of God that you didn't self-destruct. It's the mercy of God that you didn't blow your brains out. It's the mercy of God that you didn't throw the towel in. Somebody need to give God a praise. Somebody scream mercy. Mercy kept me. Mercy kept me afloat. Mercy kept me going after God. Somebody give God a praise one more time in this place. Somebody scream, it was his mercy. It was his mercy. It was his mercy. It was his mercy that I didn't lose my mind. It was his mercy that I didn't die in that car accident. It was his mercy that I didn't die in that relationship. It's the mercy of God that somebody didn't get killed in that relationship. Somebody give God a praise. High five, somebody say, it was mercy, 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 it was mercy. See, this man, he has security at the church now, but I remember when he came here, he had some charges on him. Oh, but the charges got dropped. Now Charles is the security in the church. Anybody in this building has some charges dropped. That's what the blood did. 
You, you got Sergio. Throw your hand up, Sergio. He not only came to kingdom with charges, but he always had his ankle bracelet on. And I'm not talking about an ankle bracelet that's cute. No, because the Paul wanted to know where he was at at all times. Now, six years later, he's sitting on the front row as a minister of the church because the Bible says the last shall be first and the first shall be last. From the back row to the front row. Because God specializes in using messy people. Anybody in this building used to be messy. Somebody scream, but God. You can bring up my past if you want to, but God. Yeah, I did some questionable things, but God. Yeah, I hooked up with some strange people, but God. Yes, there was a time in my life where I was bewitched, but God. There was a time in my life where I walked away from truth, but God. Somebody need to give God a but God praise. It I find two or three people and say, but God. 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 You probably say, is that in the Bible? Yeah. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 27. Put it up. What's all this but God? That's the but God. But God. Yeah, I've done some questionable things, but God. I'm even a convicted felon right now, but God. But God. But, 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 but God, what? He chose, which means he summons, hand-selected, even means preferred, the foolish things. So if you've done some foolish things, you're a candidate. <laughs> Some of y'all should be like, I'm so glad I did something foolish. Now I qualify to be in God's kingdom and to be used by him. Now I can go help other foolish people that's been bewitched, that stopped walking in truth. Let me go help these reprobates. Come on, somebody. Wake them up. That's right. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen weak things. That's another thing. If you've been weak, that means you qualify to be called by God. Mm -hmm. God is raising up weak people, foolish people. Let's, let's keep reading. Not only that, it says of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Next verse. Then it, look what this, this says. Look at this. It says, and, and, and the base things. So he said, I'm going to get the foolish, the weak, and just basic people. Basic people like Reggie and them people at Kingdom. Then the things which are despised, God has chosen. God will take the scum of the earth. That's what he did with Rahab in Hebrews eleven thirty one. He took a harlot, took a hoe and made her holy. <laughs> Y'all don't want me to go, I'm going to... 
put, put up Hebrews 11, 31. Hebrews, Hebrews. I believe Jesus like coffee. Hebrews. Hebrews. <laughs> By faith, the harlot, Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. She escaped death when everybody else died. God took the scum of the earth, if you will. A woman who liked laying on her back, that she based her quality on turning tricks. Somebody screamed, but God. And then this woman hooks up with one of the Israelites named Salmon, and they have a son named Boaz, who's a multimillionaire. And then Boaz goes and has Obed, and Obed has Jesse, then Jesse has David. So even King David's great-grandmama was a hoe. If God used Rahab, that means he can use Reggie, he can use Greg, he can use Hank, he can use, come on somebody, he can use uh, 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 Sergio. That just means I'm tired. I forgot names. You feeling me? So don't you ever feel like, I've done so much wrong in my life that God can't use me. Yes, he can. Matter of fact, because of the crap you did then, he really can use you now. As long as you're willing to share your stuff with somebody. Time for people to be transparent. And be like, listen, man, this is where I used to fall short. And if God was able to raise me up from it, he can do it with you too. He loved us the same. Can I get a witness? I'm going to go quickly. She said, take your time. Y'all don't want me to do that. We'll be up in here to three. <laughs> How do I avoid an identity crisis? Don't be deceived. Number two, you got to stay planted in the house. Pastor, I got to stay planted in the house. Yeah. The house of God. Put up Psalm 122 and one. Psalm 122, I believe in one. Look at this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David said, I was glad. Anybody woke up glad? I'm about to go into the house. I know I'm about to get a word today. The man been talking about identity theft and how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God said, I come that you might have life. Somebody say life. And have it more. Somebody say more. Abundantly. But you, can, you can't have it more abundantly if you let the enemy be with you. So he said, listen, David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We should be glad Sunday come. Oh, I get to go to church, be with my fellow brothers and sisters. We get to have camaraderie together. We get to get the word together. And if I see one of my brothers kind of after church, kind of got his head down, that's a great time for me to encourage him, lift him up, lift her up. You feeling me? Put up Proverbs 27 and 17. This is why we need to be, be planted in the house. Look, look at this. Proverbs 27, and it says, iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Because when your countenance is off, you better have somebody that can encourage you. You feeling me? Don't you be like, well, I don't need nobody. No, no, no. Everybody needs somebody. Matter of fact, you even need me. You say, where's that in the Bible? Romans 10, 14. Put it up. I need you. Yeah. Look, watch. Look. It says, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And, and how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Look at your neighbor and say, I need my preacher. But 
Let me flip it. I need y'all too because if I ain't got y'all, who I'm going to preach to? We need each other. You understand what I'm saying? That's why we need to stay planted in the house. How can I hear without a preacher? And then look what even verse 15 says. Look at verse 15. It says, and, and shall, how shall they preach unless they are sent? You better make sure you get connected to somebody that's been sent by God. You know, well, Pastor, how do I know that? You know a person by their fruit. Jesus said, if you don't believe me for who I am, he said, believe me for my work sake. In other words, he says, look at my resume. Look at all the people that have been impacted by my ministry. I'm looking at the 42 people that joined last Sunday and want 42 people. You say, well, was that in the Bible? Yeah, Acts 2.47 says the church was added to daily such that we're being saved. For, it's only 30 to 31 days. Well, shoot, February got 29, 28 in them. So look at that. Look at all the people that are being touched by, impacted by this ministry. And I don't take any credit for it because I know at the end of the day, I got to get up here at all service and say, Lord, less of me more you. God, you said in your word that you would bring all things back to my remembrance. I just, I'm just, I'm just your, your, your Western Union boy. I'm just here to carry out the message because really I ain't all that. I'm one of them foolish, weak, basic, despised people that God chose to say I'm going to use him because he knew I would not take the credit because I know when I got diagnosed with dyslexia in fifth grade I can barely comprehend a story. You, you, anybody was struggling, you'd be reading stuff, you'd be like, what the hell? They tell you to comprehend it. John rolled the ball to Kathy, and Kathy rolled it back to John. What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I would check out. Now, you put a sports page in front of me, different story. It's on and popping. I'm going to tell you how many yards they ran for, how many yards they passed for, who had the tackles, who had the interception, because most of us got ADD or ADHD. Can I get a, <laughs> you only pay attention to stuff that concern you. Like most of us in here, we weren't paying attention to no math, especially when they start carrying numbers over. Can I get a witness over here? I'm like, wait a minute, this is getting complicated. What happened to four plus four is eight? Can I get a witness up in here? We're going to put you in trigonometry your senior year. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to be ineligible for football. I need to, I, I, I need to take an elective. <laughs> I'm like, do I need that to get a diploma? Because I heard these get diplomas. Can I get a witness up <laughs> Man, I can stay on this for a minute. Listen, number one. How do I avoid an identity crisis? Don't be deceived. Number two, stay planted in the house. Go to Hebrews 10, 25. And I'm going to go to my third point. Hebrews 10, 25. Stay planted in the house. Look at this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. See, what we've done, we've said, no, I can't forsake the assembling of myself with other believers. I got to get to that 1130 service. So it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the matter of some, but exhorting one another. I'm here to exhort you. Listen, I'm not going to allow you to take time out of your schedule, drive here, and then I beat you up and tell you you're not doing good enough. You come here to be built up, not beat up. 
The word build means to establish, to strengthen, to put it back together. If you look out in the foyer, our motto is building God's kingdom one family at a time. Build means to establish, to strengthen, and put back together. We want to put the pieces back together. We don't care what you've done in your past. We don't care what kind of lifestyle you live in your past. Now we just want to help you live a lifestyle that's pleasing to God. And how you do that is that you don't exchange the truth of God for a lie. It's time for you to walk in that truth. So it says, in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Put up Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11. And he said, I gave some to be apostles, prophets, some to evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now that's the office I function in. I function in the pastor-teacher office. And I am an apostle because didn't nobody hire me to be your pastor. I founded my church 11 years ago with my wife Paycheck. So nobody died and I took the church over. It's not Second Ebenezer Baptist Church where the person died. You preach to see who can get the church. I tell bro, I got pastor friends right now. They waiting for their pastor to die so they can take the church. I'm like, just go start your own. They're like, I ain't got faith to do that. I said, well, I guess you got to wait for him to die. That's a murdering spirit. You're going to wait? That's like me. My dad pastors 15 minutes from here, and I was supposed to take over his church. I'm not going to wait for him to die. I'm going to do my own thing. Amen? I'm sitting over there waiting for him to pass away. He's 66 and still ticking. He ain't going nowhere. I'd have died sitting over there. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Next verse. For the equipping. Why do I need the pastor teacher? Because he's going to equip me. It says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Next verse. Till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of Son of God to be perf- a perfect man, which means in the Greek, a mature man, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. Now look, this is why we need pastor teachers and the apostle. Look at this right quick. Look at this. It says that we should not no longer be children tossed to and fro. Carry, uh, uh, carry uh, uh, about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning and craftiness of deceitful plotting. The enemy is trying to plot your demise. That's why I'm, gotta make, I'm not going to be bewitched. I refuse to be a reprobate. I refuse to exchange the truth of God for a lie. I might not be perfect, but I'm going to give a perfect effort to please God. I'm going to do my best to live my life to say, Lord, less of me and more of you. Because even John 3.30 says in order to increase, you have to decrease. And that's daily walk, man. Nobody gets this overnight. Amen? It's a time. It's a process. Give you the last thing. So number one, how do I avoid an identity crisis? Don't be deceived. Number two, stay planted in the house. Number three, very easy, walk in truth. How do I avoid an identity crisis? You have to make up in your mind that you're going to walk in truth. Put up John 8, 32. Look what happens when you walk in truth. Look at the benefit of walking in truth. Look at this. You got to walk in truth. What is truth? Truth is God's word. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you what? Don't be in church and be bound. I hear people, I go to church. I go to church. That's cute. But. Have you become the church? That's my question. 
That's cute that you go to church. That's awesome. I go to all three services. <laughs> I'm going to be here tomorrow night. I'm preaching Wednesday. I'm preaching Friday. I'm preaching Sunday. But it would be a travesty to be in church and not become the church. Let's walk in truth. But pastor, what if the facts say I got diagnosed with dyslexia too? That's a fact. But truth says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, the fact of the matter is that, yeah, I was facing 7 to 21 years. But the truth is that Lamentation chapter 3 verses 22 and 23 says his mercies are new every morning. Mercy meaning he gives us what we don't deserve. Yeah, that's a fact we had a child out of wedlock. But the truth of the matter is, a year later, we got married. No, 11 months later, we got married. Because our son would be 24 in two weeks. So he was at the wedding. So the fact is, we did it all wrong. We put the cart before the horse. But Romans 8, 28 says, and we know all things work together. So people try to come and say, well, that don't even add up. Yeah, blew it. Had made a mistake. But look, all things work together. Matter of fact, that 23-year-old, he had almost 100 teenagers at the 930 service. And then when he came between services, he said, Dad, I got about almost 70 up there right now. And he's preaching to them right now. And Stella, she's the one on Kingdom News. She's preaching to the junior hires right now. And the 18 and the 17-year-old are upstairs helping their brother right now. So all things, it's a fact, all of y'all in here done done something crazy. Because you say, well, Pastor, how you don't know me? I know what Romans 3.23 says. Put it up. Somebody say all have sinned. So you ain't all that. And have fallen short the glory of God. We all got something in common. We have missed it. That's why we need each other. Let's keep exhorting one another. Let's together keep walking in truth. And when you see one of your brothers or sisters kind of deviating, that's you to say, hey, man, come on. I know you made a mistake, but Proverbs 24, 16 says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. That's where you come in and tell them, man, remember, pastor said failure means a fresh start. That God's mercies are new every morning. We don't want to see you be bewitched. and We don't want to see you become a reprobate. Get back up. Dust yourself off. Come on. Remember, pastor said it's not how you start. It's how you finish. I believe everybody in this building is anointed to finish strong. Let's finish strong, church. Some of us in this building are in the second half of our life. Let's not deviate.